All right, hey guys. Today we're going to talk about developments in South and Southeast Asia. This is part of the Global Tapestry Unit 1. Um, you can tell just by looking at it, it's a little bit shorter. What will happen is quite often as we go through units, the readings will get a little shorter because we're taking something big and just tying it together, tying it together, tying it together. And as we get into it, sometimes you'll notice it's, you know, you already know the background. So um, readings become a little shorter, content becomes a little easier. Okay. Uh, here we go. Let's talk about India, which is in South Asia. Remember your regions map. Um, make sure you understand that when we talk about India, it's South Asia. Uh, as you should remember from our lessons on foundational religions, India was the birthplace of two major religions, Hinduism and Buddhism. In the 10th century, another major religion made its way to the Indus Valley, Islam. After defeating the disorganized Hindus, the Islamic invaders set up shop in the city of Delhi under their leader, the Sultan. So a leader, it's just like a Sultan's a king, for lack of a better term. Sometimes they say caliphs too, right? Hence, this kingdom is called the Delhi Sultanate. For over 300 years, beginning around 1200, Islam spread throughout much of northern India. While most Hindus held on to their religious beliefs under the supposed tolerant Delhi Sultanate, individual Sultans were highly offended by Hinduism's polytheistic ways and did best to convert them, like non-Muslims under the Umayyads and the Abbasids also in Arabia. Non-Muslims under the Sultans in India had to pay a tax called the Jiza. But more than that, the Sultans were capable of religiously motiva motivated destruction. Hindu temples were sometimes destroyed and occasionally violence erupted in communities. Despite the differences between the Islamic and Hindu cultures, an amazing amount of progress occurred in India under the Sultans. Colleges were founded, irrigation with water where you need it. Irrigation systems were vastly improved. Mosques, which are Islamic buildings of worship, were built, often with the help of Hindu architects and artists. Many Hindus in northern India converted to Islam. Sometimes the conversions were genuine. Other times they were. Uh, other times they just made life easier. In any case, Muslims remain a minority in India under the Delhi Sultanate. So India was an area where a Muslim minority, which made up of about 10 to 15 percent of the population, controlled the Hindu majority for over 300 years, which is going to lead to issues between the two groups later in history. Keep in mind really quick with what we just went through. Comparisons again, okay? You want to be thinking of um, why uh, and how people converted to these other religions, whether it was forced, whether it was um, because they didn't want to pay a tax, those types of things. Make sure you're comparing those. Okay. In Southeast Asia, there's no secret that Hinduism and India or Indian culture are intertwined. However, while Hinduism is unique for not spreading as much as other religions, such as Islam, Buddhism, and Christianity, there were exceptions to this rule. The Khmer Empire, established in the 9th century, so the 9th century would be, let's see, we're in the 21st century, so that would be the 20s, so the 9th century would be the 800s, okay? The Khmer Empire, which was established in the 800s, the 9th century, was predominantly Hindu. This may not seem strange until you realize that Khmer, uh, that Khmer were located in Southeast Asia, in what is today Cambodia, Laos, and Thailand. Through the Indian Ocean Trade Network, Hindu beliefs were carried to Southeast Asia, becoming the centerpiece of the growing empire. 
the Khmer were skilled at complex architecture. Their most impressive construction is a temple known as Angkor Wat, which was built to represent the entire Hindu universe in a single stone structure. Angkor Wat is an example of monumental architecture, which are large structures built to show the power of leaders. And earlier examples of this would be the pyramids in Egypt. The Khmer Empire enjoyed a strong economy through, through trade and were tolerant of other religions. Tolerance of others was due to the large Buddhist population that lived in Southeast Asia. So they really had to be tolerant because there was a huge Buddhist population. If they weren't tolerant, they couldn't have uh, survived as leaders. Um, the whole um, Angkor Wat and the monumental architecture, make sure you understand that idea. I believe in the six questions, as I'm looking down here, uh, yeah, you're going to need to come up with your own example. That's not in the video or the reading. Um, the idea is you're going to see this happening um, later in history. Um, I'll give you one example. You're not allowed to use it. You use it, you get no points. Um, there's something called the Palace of Versailles, which is this massive uh, palace that was built in France. And it was basically so the king could show how powerful he was by building this massive thing. Okay. Um, if you want to look up Angkor Wat, you'll notice it was pretty massive as well, especially for the time period. Okay. Um, that literally is it, guys. Uh, that's all you really need to know. Make sure you go again through the video. It's short. Um, and then um, a Google document um, of your answers to the very uh, simple six questions. And that's it. Okay. Talk to you soon.